Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome, welcome. Hi, peeps. (laughs) So we are so excited today. Uh, Phyllis has an amazing friend, which she agreed to be on our podcast. I still am always blown away that people agree (laughs) to talk to us. (laughs) They actually want to do it. They want to talk to us. So I am so excited because um, she's not only a friend, she's like my sister. So I love Alicia Davis is a beautiful friend that I met through the Blast Life Coaching Program about three years ago. Um, We instantly connected. We kept calling each other. We have so much in common um, from our past that we were instantly bonded. And I know that that's definitely a God thing. Um, she is an author, a word poet, and is nationally recognized as a social entrepreneur. Alicia is a Detroit native and has been named one of nine women making black history. She is listed on people Maven's list of fantastic public speakers. She is the founder of F.O.R. Friends of Reconciliation, Inc., a faith-based nonprofit organization committed to aiding Southeast Michigan and America in achieving racial reconciliation in our lifetime. This last year, Alicia started the movement of March 4th, of which I will have her explain more about this during our interview. But most of all, I love Alicia's heart and spirit to bring healing and hope to all. So welcome in, my welcome, sister. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> we are excited. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that was so beautiful. Aww. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you, Phyllis. The sister part, like literally you are, you are a sister to me and I, I really appreciate you. And uh, Rhonda, the, the warm welcome and I'm already your sister. <laughs> I just so you know, like I'm your new friend. <laughs> She's gonna stalk you now. I'm gonna stalk you now, so just get ready. <laughs> so Alicia, I wanted I wanted to start with our first question and I I wanted you to tell us about how you grew up and when you started to become become angry about what we what you were seeing between the races. I know I've heard this story from you, but I would love for you to tell our, our listeners. Thank you. I would love to share. Thank you. So I grew up in Detroit, the, one of the roughest um, zip codes in Detroit. And I grew up at a time when my grandparents, who, who raised me and my siblings earlier in our life, they were just coming off the just the helms of the civil rights movement. Mm. It wasn't until uh, late into my ministry that I knew how involved my grandfather was in the civil rights movement because mm. he he was still healing from a lot of the, the wounds. Right. He didn't talk about it that much. Mm. We knew, uh, like I knew that my my grandfather marched for Martin Luther King. I knew that my grandmother helped make sandwiches for the Selma marchers. Mm. Um, but I didn't know how engulfed he was mm. because he didn't talk that much about it. He was a pastor. And so when I would compare 
his generation to my generation, I thought, like, wow, I mean, that's excellent. We, I mean, we're going to the schools, we're going to, um, uh, you know, everything's integrated now. And, yeah. and I was a child processing this as a child, right? right. you know, in, in elementary school. So when it hit me, <laughs> Lord have mm. mercy, <laughs> when it hit me that our uh, education was unequal to the uh, houses and the um schools in the suburbs was 15 minutes away mm. that they didn't have the same books that their parents had. Right. That's what, that was my story. We had the same books my mother had when she was in high school. Yeah. And I know more information was coming in. Mm. So when all of these realities hit me, I couldn't process it in a healthy way because I was not uh, solid in my faith. I was still, I had a lot of healing to do with my misunderstandings of God. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I was around a lot of people who had separated our faith from being, uh, making an impact in society. And so I, I wandered off in the wilderness because of this. It was so overwhelming to me. And so because I was not around people of faith, um, a lot of angry people, they were pouring into me. A lot of bitter people, they were pouring mm. into me. Uh. And so my joy, my peace, uh, literally, I mean, the fruit was just uh, just shriveling up almost. Right. Yeah. They were just shriveling up, and and um, I literally, it took me a long time to understand and process through a lot of counseling, a lot of healing, I mean, just pastoral help, that I backslid into unbelief. Uh-huh. See, a lot, of, a lot of people, we minimize backsliding because we minimize how much God loves us. Yeah. And we wow. have minimized it into, you know, smoking and drinking and fornicating. No, I backslid into unbelief, like the Old Testament type type of backsliding, even the faith type of, you know, uh, Book of Jeremiah, married to the backside, come back type of thing. Right. Because I was so overwhelmed Mm. with, like, how is the church not involved? So I became a racist. Mm. I did. I was surrounded by a lot of people who was um, hateful and uh, just... A lot of them had soul wounds. A lot of them, uh, they had a lot of other wounds, too. Not just race and not just church, but family, too. And so I was, they were pouring into me. They were pouring all kind of things into me. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was when I realized that I was becoming a darker person. Yeah. On the inside, I started reaching out to God. I went back to what I, went back to my first love. Yeah. And, um. And it was a long, and I mean over a decade-long process, and this is literally not even a preview. It was a long process of the renewing of my mind and God cleaning my heart mm. and making me uh, just passionate about reconciliation. Mm. Yeah. Was there just one particular thing when you just, like, cried out to God during—because I know, like, you—I think— Probably people want to know. So you were in this dark place, but was there a specific moment where you just said, "I don't want to"? Oh, yes. Yeah. Can you talk about that a oh, little? Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horrible. It was a horrible. The fact that I'm smiling about this lets you know I'm on the other side. Yeah. It was very painful. It was a very painful moment. So what happened was, so during this time, I was, you know, in a very turbulent, unstable chapter in my life. And I was living with my twin sister and her husband. They were gracious enough to let me, with my nasty attitude mm. and my new hateful uh, version of myself, live with them. Wow. And I was sitting on the um, on their couch. Now, they had their, their, this, at this point, they were pregnant with their first ch- uh, child. 
and they were about to um she was like in her eighth month mm. and so my goal was okay i need to I need to get myself together. This is they love less. I can't be in here like this. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're in a love nest. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> they love me enough to not let me be on the street, you know? Yeah. So what happened was, you know, they were getting ready. And uh, so at one point I was at home, at their house by myself. And um, I noticed. Because I'm a big friendly person. Now this 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 was I've been friendly for a long time, but this was not my friendly chapter. <laughs> you were missing the friendliness. Don't, don't imagine this Alicia on the phone. But imagine, imagine, I'm at their house and I'm at all by myself, and I'm going through my phone because I'm noticing nobody is calling me back. Mm. I had a a big circle of friends. I used to have a. Before this chapter, this deep, dark chapter, I had a vibrant social life. And this moment, I'm looking like nobody is calling me. So I I pick up my phone, and I look at my recent call menu, and I'm scrolling. And it was the Lord himself that said, look at who called you and look at who you called. And I, yes, Lord, I'll say it again so somebody can hear it. Look at who you call and look yeah. at who called you. Wow. In that, that moment, powerful. I looked in my, I went to my phone history, my call history, and I was scrolling. And for days and days, I was the only one making calls. There was no green incoming call. Wow. It was all the red outgoing call. And the Lord used that as a demonstration to see people are avoiding you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are avoiding you. God was you calling you out, girl. <laughs> Girl, he was calling me. He called you out. <laughs> he was like, "Look, nobody calling you." Whoa. The proof and is in the phone. Yeah. <laughs> look in the mirror. Look at your phone histories now. Look at your phone. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I, and, I, and, and I knew that was not me. Yeah. And th- and that was when I started looking around at how I was affecting other people with hopelessness. Wow. So I got more. I got more. I got more. But that was the biggest one that wow. changed trajectory. That's a good one. And I love how you said, um, you know, it, it just as this word picture of seeing like when you hang around who you, you hang, hang around, around with, with yeah, makes yeah. makes a big difference of who you're going to become. Because if you're hanging around darkness and dark people and negative people, that's what you're going to become. And if you hang around light and lo- if you're in the love shack, yeah, right. <laughs> then, you know, you can't help. But yeah, the light is there. Well, and so I love that. And Alicia, I love what you said about like, you know, you grew, you, you knew God. It wasn't like yeah. you didn't, you, you knew the faith, you know, your grandfather was a preacher and you know, I think so many times people focus on what the church is doing wrong and what people are doing and they lose their faith. And, and Phyllis and I have talked about this a lot on the podcast mm-hmm. where it's like, it is not about the church or the people in the church. It is about your relationship with mm-hmm. God and the kind of relationship that you have with him because people are going to fail you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, I'm, I'm a pastor's kid and believe me, there's been lots of times I want to run away because I'm like, these Christian people are mean. They're, it, mm-hmm. they're ugly on the inside, you know? And how can they say that they love God when they treat people so cruel, you mm-hmm. know? But I think when we have that deep relationship with Christ, that one-on-one relationship, that's when God is like, hey, it's not about them. It's about you and I. It's about our relationship. Mm-hmm. And the path he has yep. for you. Yeah. 
So Amen. Amen. We cannot look at man. We cannot look at yeah. man. And we cannot base God's faithfulness on man. When I was in that community, a lot of people, uh, you know, there were things that were unspoken, but people were like governing their lives. They didn't trust God to be good. They didn't trust him to be trustworthy. And right. they did base it on their people, his people. And I did too. Yeah. And the thing is, it's a mistake. It's a mistake because what happens is, um, like David said, I would have fainted lest I would believe to see the goodness of the Lord mm. in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. God has people out here. Yes. He has his light here. He yeah. is faithful. He is faithful. His light and his thought is all around here. Yeah. So we're around people who are not, uh, you know, being the best that they can be and not really sanctifying um, and growing from glory to glory, faith to faith and come more like Christ. It's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, I, I want to help someone who's listening to understand the people who I was, and this is a confession right here. The people who I was seeking advice from, I was seeking advice from people who was a, who would affirm, you know, yeah. just the issues that I was seeing. Right, they know? were telling you I what you want to hear. What what I want to hear, yeah. what I want to hear, those were the people I was gra- gravitating to the most. Mm. But I will say the other half of it, to the church, we are to be known by our love. Yes. Yeah. We are to be, it is confusing to the world when we are not known by our I love. I agree. Yeah. It is a misrepresentation to Christ. When we are not known, known by our love. And I as agree. a matter of fact, that's the, our only badge of discipleship. People, the Bible even says, we, they, we, they know they are Christians by our love, so we don't know. And then also, also it helped me when the Lord showed me the difference between uh, the remnant and the assembly. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help somebody here. Mm. There's a difference between the remnant and the assembly. The remnant are the people of God who are growing in, in him and are committed to him. The assembly has wolves in it, it has snakes, yeah. it has foxes. I mean yeah. you know, a lot of people who a lot of people who who even with even with racial reconciliation yeah. and, and, and the church hurt, people need to know when mm-hmm. you go to assembly of believers, there are all kinds of people from all kinds of yes. walks of life. Yes. Yeah. And you cannot mm-hmm. govern you cannot base God's faithfulness on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that That's is good. that is so yeah. such good stuff. And I, I know that Phyllis and I feel that way too, because you know, we have such a love for people. And, you know, my dad used to say, It's not our job to change them. That's God's job. Our job is to love them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just where we need to meet them. That's good. Especially right now. Amen. Especially yeah. in this time. You know? Yeah. Thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. So, Alicia, I want to know, um, I know you're an awesome word poet. She makes me cry every time I hear her. But um, <laughs> when did you start writing your poems? I started in elementary school. Wow. But I didn't know I was a, I didn't know I was a poet until, like, I was 24. <laughs> wow. That's what happened. I thought it was a hobby. Yeah. You know, I thought it was just a therapeutic hobby. And so the majority of my work for, because I, I was, by the time I became an uh, author, when I started sharing my poetry, it was almost 16 years where I literally was sharing it con- continually. It was something therapeutic to me. And uh, one of my sisters in Christ, she's a powerful woman of God, um, she told me, people need to hear this. Mm. And I'm like, really? I'm like, really? She's looking at me like, are you for real? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she, she encouraged me. She was, she was encouraging me. And oh my gosh. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor O. She literally, literally encouraged me to start sharing it as a serious 
gift and not a hobby. It so is a gift. Yeah, it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. gift. And we're going to, towards the end here, I I want you, I have to have you do your grateful poem, but um, I have one, another question for you is um, I want you to tell our listeners about how you started the National March 4th movement. So tell us about that. Thank you. So the March 4th movement is on a mission to help America reach racial reconciliation in our lifetime through personal growth in Jesus Christ. Mm. Our focuses are on discipleship, and I'm talking about ancient discipleship. Mm-hmm. Not come to church, drop you off. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> drop you off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not talking about, you know, just, you know, come to Bible study, we sit and listen, and, and we can go eat. No. the the Lord has has given a vision for the people of God to pray for three six or twelve people to disciple over the next three years to help walk through the ministry of reconciliation so the March 4th ministries of reconciliation are family, race and church because it's a lot of healing that needs to be done and these three areas of healing will propel the healing of our nation Yeah, and so through the discipleship and then we cultivate creative gifts. Um, our March 4th inauguration, because this actually it became a national holiday uh, mm. through the National Day Archive last year. So amazing. And we, we had an inauguration, but the, literally we, the week after the inauguration, we were in quarantine. Yeah. Exactly. And um, the world was going through the pandemic. So God knows. He knows. He mm. knows. So um, uh, the creative, the, we have discipleship, the creative art. And then we have social skills training. And so the March 4th movement is a permanent movement. We will help America not only reset for racial healing and renewal, but a continuation of a new beginning. I think that's beautiful. That is is absolutely beautiful because in this time where there's just so much hate, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, people are mad and Mm -hmm. and upset and, and it's like, Okay, but what are you going to do with that, right? Mm. Like, what are you going to do with all of that? Like, there, you, you got to do something positive. And this is this is beautiful. And the fact that this started, when did you start this movement? The movement started last year, of March 4th. So the holiday is on each March 4th. We're going to March 4th mm. and then March forward on each March 4th and throughout the year. Mm. And so the movement started with our uh, racial healing program that we had in 2019. And this was before we were a local holiday because we started off as a local holiday last spring, but uh, that was not approved until after March 4th. We, we had to go through the process of getting it voted for with our city council and approaching our mayor. So that was powerful. And um, so the movement started with uh, our first racial healing program um, on March the 4th, 2019. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, and I, I want to just give a, a few, a couple of things that people can do to celebrate March Fourth. Yes. Um, we don't govern. We don't. We don't govern holidays. There's nothing happy about doing what somebody tell you to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom. freedom yeah. But we, we do. We have set the standard of unity, mm-hmm. and we have set the standard uh, that God has set, which is um, just the celebration of one another and His creation. Mm-hmm. And so. One of the popular ways that people have uh, started it is 
to have a celebratory meal with diverse food, break different kinds of bread, mm-hmm. have different recipes, have your friend, not just a token friend for just <laughs> to say you did it, but a token have friend. friends of different eth- your ethnic friends. Yeah. Celebrate each other, learn about each other's cu- uh, uh, culture. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of our uh, guest speakers in our program, you will, you will see in, coming in the future, they're going to be from different countries. They're going to have different accents. Mm-hmm. And I know people are used to closed captioning with other accents. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, it does not agree with my spirit mm. to send a message that is not enough to speak English. Yeah. You have to say it in, in the it's correct dialect. You know how many dialects of English is even in our nation? Exactly. Southerners and Northerners. And I think it is shameful mm. to have to go it, it, to have people from different walks of life, different cultures and backgrounds, to just have to say it's not enough that you speak English. We have to have it. You know, we we have to just. I'm sorry, y'all hear my attitude coming in. My <laughs> attitude coming in. So, it's okay. We got a lot of attitude. That's too. the friend <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, look, look, I forgot it was not. So the thing. So the thing is, is we want people to celebrate diversity. And yeah. not act like it is something to tolerate. Yeah. And, and, and then um, there are things you, we can do throughout the year. There are things we can do throughout the year, which is we have inner workshops. We're gonna we're gonna be launching them at, at our nonprofit. Inner work is to, uh, inner workshops is two words. Inner workshop mm-hmm. where people can have healing guided conversations. Mm. Because I'm telling you, if people are doing navigating. Everybody does not have the answers. The fact that we are expecting people to just find these answers on their way to these conversations. Yeah. That's irresponsible. That's irresponsible. So we're going to be guiding conversations in a healing and unifying direction. Because honestly, I know there are a lot of people who took that path that I took. Mm -hmm. I call it reactionary racism. They became what hurt them. And and I I don't want people to think that the goal is to be in a prison of guilt or the goal is to uh, go back and forth. Right. No. The goal is to reconcile. And mm. reconcile is just a goal for the first chapter. The goal after that is to have an actual relationship where we celebrate the victory of overcoming yeah. the division and hatred and racism. Yeah. That's beautiful. beautiful. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. <sighs> so I, um, I'm trying to decide, do I want her to do the poem or ask that signature question that we do. <laughs> I say do the poem first. Okay. I have to hear this poem. I'm dying All right. right now. I want you to do the grateful poem and then I have one last question for you after we're done with that. So take it away, girl. All right. Grateful. Grateful. This message is to all of the whites who've always had that desire to love and unite. You were the ones who had our backs and didn't prejudge us because we're black. You are more than an exception to all of the hatred and rejection. You were a trusted ally when we needed help to get by. You were against all of the suffering that we went through as we wept at night. You cried too, and we are so grateful for you not being hateful. 
in a time when discrimination is still tried and true. We have to give credit to whom honor is due. Today, when I needed a job to pay my bills, you didn't focus on my color, but you respected my skills. And yesterday, when we marched, I know you took pride. We protested for civil rights, and you were right by our side. And the day before, when the slaves hid underground, my family took shelter in your home, but you pretended that they weren't around, and we are so grateful for you not being hateful, especially during the times when loving us was a crime. You risked your own kindred, respect, and trust, all in the name of helping us. You celebrated emancipation. You were dancing and drinking instead of questioning. What was Lincoln thinking? <laughs> and it is amazing. Through all of the pain and insanity, how you managed to keep your love and humanity. You let your children play with us. You came to church to play with us. And it is nice to see you more than every once in a while. Still greeting us with your welcoming smile. Because even though we still have more room to grow, we appreciate you. And we want you to know that we still need you because uniting humanity is what we can do. I see you, my friend, making it easier as our struggle comes closer to an end. But the truth is, there are still some inequalities out there. But we know better than to think that you do not care. That's why we are so grateful for you not being hateful to Jonathan Myrick Daniels, the martyred civil rights activist, to Laura Smith Haviland, whose home became the first underground railroad station in my state of Michigan, and to all the countless others throughout the centuries. We are so Grateful for you not being hateful. Thank you. Amen. Ooh, girl. All right. You made wow. me cry again. For the, I've heard wow. that poem so many times, and every time I hear something different, and it's just oh. I when was that? When did you write that, Alicia? That was written in two thousand and six when mm. I first started. My racial reconciliation I, messages. I'm like so. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cry now because <laughs> I'm just blown away because I just know that it's for this time and this season. Yeah. You know that that poem is. 
yeah. is beautiful. It's beautiful. And, um, you know, I just, mm. uh, gosh, you were, you were such a blessing to have on the show today. I can't even, <laughs> wow. Okay. She's a gift. to get it together. <laughs> I know. Thank oh my Lord. goodness. I know. It's, um, every time I just, uh, I'm just so in awe of like, I think that's exactly it as you wrote this poem so long ago and it is so relevant for right now. And it's like, God knew mm-hmm. he knew. So, um, I'm grateful for you friend. Um, and I'm grateful that I, I can even, you know, just be in the same room and be able to just, we're able to express feelings that are so pure. And just like you said, God's love, right? That poem says it all. And so I'm, I'm so, um, I'm in awe of you, but, uh, and as we sit here, like I'm looking at you, Phyllis, and I'm thinking, here we are, these three ladies, right, yeah. sitting, talking about racism, yeah, and we're all of different nationalities, yeah, you know, and um, the love that we have for one another, you know, mm-hmm. it supersedes the color of our skin, and so mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I, it's funny because you met Phyllis three years ago. I'm just thinking timelines, like that's mm-hmm. just how my brain works. Mm-hmm. And I think timelines, 2006, you wrote the poem. You met Phyllis three years ago. You started March 4th in 2019. And Mm -hmm. all of these things were like, all of these things were happening so that we could be here today on June 19th. Which yeah, is crazy. True. Yeah. So Thank I'm just like, Jesus. man. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, Thank man, he knows Jesus. what he's doing. He's, yeah. <laughs> he definitely, Thank you, God. oh, he has the best plans. Yep. Oh, all right. So. Thank you, Jesus. I am an, can I'm I, just. Can I say something about June 19th? Yes. yes. Please. Something about June 19th? Yes. yes. Yep. Okay, because today is Juneteenth. Yep. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are learning more about Juneteenth was the day where uh, a group of slaves, um, they didn't know that they were free. Uh, they were free in January, but they didn't know that they were free mm-hmm. until Juneteenth. So it's a tragedy and a celebration at the wow. same time right. because the, their slave owners didn't want to even tell them about emancipation. Oh. And I, I, I want to encourage people to research it more. I could do a whole expound on it, but I just want to encourage people to know that uh, God, he sets the captives free. Yeah. He does. Mm. He does. And a lot of people, they they, they celebrate Juneteenth different ways. Uh, some people celebrate it um, just remembering just the captivity, the unnecessary captivity, even after emancipation. And I know what it's like to be in bondage mm. and not even know how much freedom I have. Yeah. So that, my heart is there. My heart is there. And then my mind is also thinking the moment when they realized they were free. Mm. So... That's Amen. really Amen. good. And, you know, that is a good message for just people in general, because it just brought to my mind of how many people are in bondage over the things in their lives that they don't even know that they can be set free from. Mm-hmm. And I yes. pray that right now when they're listening to this, they realize that you can be free through God. Like yeah. you yes, can be God. free, free through the yeah. spirit. You can you know, find that freedom and that light and that love through the love of Jesus. And that really is, um, the whole gist of, of today. And, um, I have one more question for you. It's It's our standard question. (laughs) And Rhonda, you ask it. (laughs) All right. So what would you tell your 22 year old self? (laughs) 
I'm ready to answer because you know it's 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 one like literally. I would I would tell her God made you worthy. Oh, God made you worthy. Amen. Love that. That is beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Those are the words my husband told me Aww. when I had a hard time adjusting to his his world of peace and love and understanding <laughs> and grace. Aww. And um, that's what I would tell my 22 year old self. I really would. Aww. Oh, that's honey. Oh, you love are that. worthy. Very worthy. Well, we are just <laughs> so excited to thrilled that you, you are here. Oh and what I want to do to Alicia is um, if you can send me some links or like um, information on where, um, our, first of all, where our readers can get in touch with you. Um, but also can if okay. you could privately send me an email with some links to different things that um, our listeners can look up. We can yeah. post that on our 24 mm-hmm. karat Instagram page and, and, on, our and on our Facebook mm-hmm. page. And so that way, um, it's great to have these conversations, but I, I'm really, um, interested in doing some research too, as a person that doesn't know a lot about the history of, of black history. I'm on a mission right now to just kind of read some different things and learn more about it. And I think our listeners would be interested in that. So please, uh, send us some things that you think would be of interest to them, but tell us where we can get in touch with you. If people want to see more of you, yeah, are you on social media? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm on social media. Um, it's at Alicia joy Davis. So that's a L I C E A J O Y. D-A-V-I-S. Thank you so much for um, inviting your listeners to follow me. And I also want them to know about AliciaDavis.com because yes. this movement had merch. This movement had merch. I was looking at your website. I was like, <laughs> we want to spread, spread hope. We want to spread hope um, through our, uh, we have uh, hatred from Hatred to Healing t-shirts. Yep. We have uh, just all kind of unity type of uh, t-shirts and also, um, our, our nonprofit, we have a lot of uh, inspirational conversations. And ju- you can see the whole inauguration uh, of uh, the March 4th nice. holiday movement. Oh, awesome. It's so powerful. If you want a dose of hope, I'm talking about just seriously, uh, uh, just several, several rivers of waters of hope, visit weareforward.love. We are for dot love. We are for dot love. Awesome. And yeah. that's uh, like, almost like a sentence, uh, it's a website. Um, so it's W E A R E F O R dot L O V E. We are for dot love for a lot of hope and racial healing happening in our lifetime. And also, um, I have a SoundCloud stream of uh, free listening of spoken word and words of encouragement. You can find me on SoundCloud as Alicia Joy Davis. And uh, actually, my website is I, all the links are on my website too. So yeah, AliciaDavis.com can keep you connected to a lot of things. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know Twenty Four Karat Tribe that you enjoyed this episode, and we want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share, and follow us on Twenty Four Karat Conversations podcast and our new Facebook group, which we're super excited yeah. about. Um, so join us there as well at 24 Carat Conversations. And until next time, 24 Carat Tribe, sparkle on. Bye, peeps. Bye, peeps. <laughs>